The upcoming NFL season is a big one for the New York Giants as they look to get off on the right foot in the Joe Shane and Brian Dable area. What are five things that are going to make or break the season? We're going to tell you next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana, and as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube your first watch of the day. The Locked On Giants podcast is, of course, available free and everywhere you get podcasts, including here on YouTube if watching on YouTube. And um, on today's show, I have some items that I want to talk about. These are uh, factors that I think are going to be very critical for the Joe Shane and Brian Dable era to get off to the right start. Um, We're going to talk about each of the five things and uh, how they're going to factor into whether or not the Giants get back on track or if they stay kind of on the skids like they have been the last several uh, seasons. So that is the agenda for today. And let's jump in, shall we? All right, I'm going to start off with a couple of the obvious ones. Number one, the offensive identity. All right, now, what are the Giants going to be on offense? Are they going to be a deep passing offense? Are they going to be multiple? Are they going to be a power offense, you know, emphasizing the run? Are they going to be a mix, you know, with the the short passing game, the West Coast offense modified? What are they going to be? That's a big question. And the answer to that question is going to go a long way towards how good this team could be. All right. So what Brian Dable has been doing and what Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator has been doing is they've been taking careful notes as to who is, does what well in practice. So for example, maybe they have uh, Kadarius Tony doesn't run a particular route well, but he runs a different route. Well, how can they incorporate what he does well? into the offensive scheme, all right? What does Daniel Jones, who around whom this scheme is going to be based, what does he like to do? What does he do well, all right? So in other words, what Dable and Kafka and the rest of the coaches are trying to do is not have an offensive system where they are shoving square pegs into round holes. The Giants have done that in the past. It has not worked, even with coaching, even with teaching. You know, it, it's just... It reaches a certain point where you have to stop and you have to say, okay, if they're not getting it, getting this, maybe they'll get something different. And in the past, the coaching just hasn't really done that or done a good job of that. So that's what the spring practices, the OTAs have been used for kind of an experimenting, uh, experimental period, if you will. That's what I think some of the the upcoming mandatory mini camp is going to be because the objective when they get to training camp is they want to hit the ground running. They want to focus on the installs, continue adding stuff to the offense and defense and just be able to hit the ground running rather than, you know, continue to experiment. And I've said this many times, folks, the springtime is a time to experiment. That's exactly what the giants are doing. So what that offense ends up looking like, that's going to be a big, 
determining factor. Will they be able to get Saquon Barkley involved, get him out into space? Will they uh, finally be able to get the ball into Kenny Galladay's hands more often? How are they going to deploy the red zone? So many elements. And you just get the sense watching and listening to the, to the coaches um, that they want to have a plan in place, which they should. You would think they would every year, but sometimes the plan is, okay, this is what we see and this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter if the players are a fit, we'll, we'll kind of make them a fit. So, so far, so good in that regard. Okay, item number two, and this is a big one. This is a big one for the make or break season. They've got to keep these guys healthy, all right? I don't have to tell anybody that the Giants have been one of the most injured teams over the last several years, if not in the top 10, near the top five, or even in some cases at the very top of the league with injuries. Now, what are they doing differently? Couple things that from what I can see. Number one, something that kind of went away back in the day Uh, when Tom Coughlin was finishing up his tenure is the players would engage in a post-practice stretch that kind of went away under the next several coaching staffs. It was like, okay, let's run around, let's practice practice would end. They would cuddle up in the middle of the field. The coaches would talk to them and then they would go inside to either shower or get a lift or whatever. All right. Now I am no sports scientist. I am not a sports trainer. All right, not to be confused with a trainer, which I am. Um, But every trainer that I've ever worked with has always told me when you are doing a lot of cardio, the best thing you can do afterwards is to A, bring your heart rate down and B, stretch. So this way, you know, your, your joints, your ligaments, everything is warm. You keep them from stiffening up if you stretch and get blood flow uh, to them and it helps with recovery. That, like I said, the Giants went away from. Now, is that going to necessarily cut down on some of the injuries? It might. Um, The particular thing the Giants are probably going to want to look to cut down on are the soft tissue injuries, the calves, the hamstrings, you know, the hip flexors, anything involving a ligament, um, you know, broken bones and stuff like that. That's just part of the violent nature of the game. That's going to happen, unfortunately but they can do things to prevent some of the soft tissue injuries. And if they can get out ahead of that, they are going to be ahead of the game as far as, you know, keeping their talent on the field, something that they want to do, obviously, they don't want to have to keep, you know, bringing in new guys. They're not going to be able to afford to bring in new guys given their cap situation. So the idea is to try and keep these guys as healthy as they can. Now, will it work? We'll, we'll see. So far, um, you look at the number of players who are wearing uh, red practice jerseys, which means that, you know, they're they're rehabbing from some sort of medical issue. We don't know how serious they are at this point, but the key is going to be who's ready for camp and who's not going to be ready for camp. The feeling is, is that I would, that maybe all but two guys, Sterling Shepard, Matt, I'm sorry, three guys, Sterling Shepard, Matt Paird, and uh, Nick Gates might not be ready to start training camp but there is also the possibility that they could be, or if they're not ready to start on day one, they'll be ready shortly thereafter. So you want to make sure you have all those guys who are wearing red jerseys now ready to go. Hence why the practices have kind of been structured in such a way to where it's a teaching slash experimental camp and uh, why there has been more of an emphasis, I think, in, in making sure that these guys take better care of their bodies, because that 
injury situation has been a problem. All right. What else do the Giants need to go their way to have a make season as opposed to a break broken season? Stick around. I've got more on my list coming up after this. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, if you are like me, you love brownie batter. So imagine if you can lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in the process. Well, now you can because Built has a new creation called the Brownie Batter Puff, and it's available right now at Built.com. Built Puffs are a melt-in-your-mouth marshmallow protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate with about 140 calories and 17 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. The Brownie Batter Puffs are the perfect pick-me-up any time of day. Plus, they're made with collagen protein, which offers a lot of health benefits. Go to Built.com today to get the Brownie Batter Puffs now and use our promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your first order at Built.com. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Catalyst Power partners with you or your trusted energy consultant to produce a power supply plan that fits your business and your market risk tolerance. They have a suite of options customizable to your business's needs, including options that bundle with or focus on renewable energy. And right now in New York, Catalyst Power is offering an on-site solar solution for your business that requires zero installation, maintenance, or material purchase costs. That's right. There's no capital expense costs for you. Plus, qualified businesses could be eligible for up to six months of at-cost energy supply from Catalyst Power. For more information, go to catalystpower.com slash Giants to learn more. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, and uh, we are breaking down five things which are make or break factors for the Giants 2022 season. And before I continue on with my list, just real quick, Thursday, the Giants are having another OTA. The OTA is open to the media, and uh, I intend to be there. So... um, I will be talking about the OTA. Now, also on that note, Friday, we're going live. We're going to have a live show. I'm going to go go on with the entertainer who everybody knows and loves. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, what I've observed in OTAs. We'll talk about the state of the Giants, where things are going. And of course, we will take your questions as we always do whenever we go live. So the live show on Friday We'll start at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and we'll go for about an hour, hour and a half, and uh, just, you know, do what we do best, just sit around and shoot the breeze and talk football, take your questions, and hope to see you out there uh, when we go live. So uh, that's the agenda for the rest of the week. Um, All right, so let's get back to our list of uh, make or break elements for the Giants 2022 season. All right. I have this one on the list and, you know, it is going to be what it, what it's going to be defensive aggressiveness. Now, part of the media avail on Thursday is going to be, we're going to talk to the defensive assistants that includes defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. And from what I can gather folks so far, Martindale's going to run his system. And, um, you know, does he have everything he needs to run it? Probably not. There are some question marks 
which um, they're going to have to resolve. Obviously, cornerback is one. You know, they're going to have to sort out the other inside linebacker spots. Um, you know, they're going to have to sort out how they're going to deploy the pass rushers. There's a lot of things they still need to sort out. But that being said, Martindale is still going to be aggressive. And, you know, I know there are some people who feel it doesn't matter who he has in the secondary. He's going to come out after you regardless. That's true, I think. But there's also a balance that has to be struck. Now, I'm not saying that Martindale is going to be afraid to be aggressive. But um, if you look at what happened last year in Baltimore, when he had all the injuries to the back end of the defense, Baltimore gave up a lot of big plays. And it's okay if you get burned once in a while, but when you can continue to get burned to the point where you start losing games, that's when you probably want to, you know, revisit what you're doing. You know, um, that said, I do think that initially, Martindale's just going to go after the opposing quarterbacks as he should. And I have no problem with that, but that's worth watching there. You know, can the defense be aggressive and not continue to get burnt every week? You know, once in a while, like I said, not a big deal, but if they're giving up plays and it's resulting in the, the, um, you know, the team losing, then it becomes a little bit of an issue. So uh, that's going to be a nice, interesting balance, I think, for Martindale to to kind of strike. And, you know, I don't know if I'll get the question and I'll try to get the question in, but I'm just wondering if there is a balance in his mind as to when he just says, you know what, I'm just going after the quarterback and I don't care, or, you know, I'm going to have to pull it back if A, B, and C happens. So that that might be a question I might see if I can sl- slip in there if I get the opportunity in, in those press scrums that, that we're in. All right, what else will make or break the Giants season? Patience. That's a big one. Okay, the Giants ownership, I don't have to tell you that given how often they have changed coaching staffs, they haven't exactly shown patience. And I get it. Look, you know, if you're like me, you follow this team for a number of years, all right, especially over the last, you know, decade or so. And this team hasn't always been fun to watch. Let's 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 call it what it is. There's been some very bad football played by this Giants team. And the ownership, which is in a position to do something about it, has not exactly been patient with the last several coaching staffs. This staff, I really feel and think they need to be patient with. All right. This is a staff that um, you know comes from a basically a winning organization, you know, Brian Dable coming down from uh, Buffalo, which turned things around. Now, here's the thing, folks. The Giants are probably not going to be a playoff team this year. All right. They might be, but I, I doubt it. I mean, at this point, you want to see improvement. You want to see them start to eliminate some of the mistakes, some of the bad football that has just absolutely littered this program. You want to see the arrow pointing up. And it hasn't been pointing up for a number of years. That's where you want to start if you are Joe Shane and Brian Dable. You want to make sure that you start teaching these guys what they need to do to win, right? Winning takes time. Very rarely does a team go from being worst to first. And those teams that have been able to do that have benefited 
by being in the same system the year prior. The Giants, on the other hand, they're starting over from scratch, literally in every facet of the game. All right. So progress is never uh, linear. It's going to go up, down, up, down. But as you get through the season, you want to see that progress start to go up more with very few uh, valleys, if you will. So the question is, is will people, especially the ownership, have patience? You know, John Mara has said in the past, you know, I need to have patience. He said it when they hired Joe Judge. He said it when they hired, um, you know, Pat Shermer. And we all know what happened. There has to be patience by ownership. Fans, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, tell those of you who spend your hard-earned money uh, how to, what, whether to be patient or not. That's up to you. But from my perspective, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to try and give this team the benefit of the doubt and just look for the improvement, the gradual improvement, as a, you know, and hope that we see more peaks as opposed to uh, more valleys. So that is a big thing, whether or not ownership and Joe Shane and the powers that be have patience. Okay, there's one more important element on my list that I'm going to talk about. That's coming at you next. Welcome back, Giant fans, to the Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia Trainer here with you. And uh, I have a list of five things that I think are going to be critical and uh, be a part of whether or not the Giants have a make or break season in this, the first year of Brian Dable's tenure. And there's one more thing that I want to talk about. And I think this one, well, they're all important, all these things that I put on the list, but this one is, is something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And I think it should, because it has been a factor. If you go back and you look at past coaching staffs and how this team has fared, and that is the coaching itself, specifically, how well are these coaches going to develop the talent around them? Now, let's go back a little bit in history, all right? Not too far back. I think a lot of you will remember the periods and the players that I'm talking about. The Giants go and they draft Eric Flowers in the first round a few years ago. Try him out at left tackle, doesn't work. They ultimately moved him to right tackle, that didn't work. So what happened? They cut him. He goes down to Jacksonville, where he's reunited with Pat Flaherty, his offensive line coach. Uh, with the Giants for for the beginning part of his career. All right, finishes out the ten, that season. Then he goes on and he has a season with uh, Washington where they move him inside to guard. Plays pretty well. He then goes to Miami in 2020 and then gets traded back to Washington in 2021. Playing guard and again, playing a lot better. All right. Maybe not number nine overall pick better, which, um, which is where he was picked overall uh, by the giants, but he played better. Now, let me ask you something. Why do you think that was, did a light suddenly go off in flowers head saying, Oh, wow, I better start playing better. Or was it maybe something that the coaches did in terms of developing him and recognizing that maybe playing inside was this better spot. Hmm. That's just one example of 
a situation where a guy turned out to be, you know, he had a lot of promise, turned out to be a bust and went on and he flourished elsewhere. And it's frustrating if you think about it, especially given the Giants' problems with the offensive line. So that's why coaching and development is so important for this Giants team moving forward, why it's a make or break year, all right? The Giants, you know, I don't know what kind of coaching staff they have. It looks like they have a good staff, but, you know, I thought that last year and I thought that of the previous staff. We will find out. But here's the thing. You look at the Giants and the the team that uh, Shane and Dable inherited, and it was devoid of talent in several areas. Offensive line, um, you can make a case for inside linebacker. You could say maybe cornerback was a problem. The depth I'm talking, you could say probably, um, you know, tight end, definitely. Uh, they, they were going to remake all that. The Giants have revamped several position units, added se- you know a lot of new talent to tight end, to inside linebacker, to cornerback, to safety. Um, you know, basically they've added talent across the board, offensive line especially. Now, what happens to that talent? Is that talent going to be developed? Is that talent going to be jerked around? Is that talent not going to pan out? Coaching is going to go a long way, folks. It really is. The Giants need to build depth, which they just did not have last year. You know, you look at offensive line, people say, you know, for example, why was Will Hernandez kept in the starting lineup? Well, who did they have to to swap them out with? They really didn't have anybody, if you think about it. So the development of this young talent that this team has acquired is going to be important because, look, a lot of these players that were acquired in free agency were signed to one-year deals. They are not all going to be re-signed. I can tell you that right now. So the idea is, okay, let's get them up and running so that the team is headed in the right direction, but let's develop some guys behind the scenes So that when the team has to decide, okay, we're going to move on from player X, Y, and Z, but no problem because we've got player, you know, A, B, and C ready to go. That's what they want to get to. And that's why coaching and development is going to be so important for this team. Um, Why it's, I consider it a make or break proposition for this team, because if they can't develop these guys, if they get a situation where they're not getting contributions at some point from the draft picks. Um, if if some of these, you know, second and third year guys aren't taking steps forward, we got to sit here and ask what, what's going on, right, with this coaching. And that's, you know, that would be quite disheartening, I think, if that were to come to fruition. So that is my list of five things that I think factor into a make or break season for the Giants 22 campaign under uh, Brian Dable and of course Joe Shane they're tied at the hip that's why I mentioned it too even though Shane's not going to be coaching they are tied together at the hip and um, optimism is high but of course we will see what happens when they take the field all right folks that is going to do it for me on today's Locked on Giants podcast again tune in tomorrow 
live 11.30 a.m. Eastern. The entertainer joins me. We will talk Giants uh, OTAs. We'll talk Giants in general. We'll take your questions. And then we'll send you into the weekend, hopefully uh, on a feel-good note. So thanks as always for listening. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day if watching on YouTube. Until tomorrow, have a great one.